0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast.
1: This episode of Good Job Brain was recorded in the scintillating city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Enjoy part two
2: of Fiva Las Vegas!
1: Auspicious audience awaiting awe-striking audio. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 99 and I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your quirky quizzing quartet of corollers.
3: I'm Colin.
2: I'm Dana. And I'm Chris.
1: Let's jump into our first general trivia segment. Pop quiz, hotshot. Oh, man, my voice. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Everybody, you got your barnyard buzzers, and yes. I have a random Trivial Pursuit card. Here we go. Blue wedge for geography. In what two European countries can you hear residents speaking Basque? Oh, Basque.
3: Uh, that would be France and Spain.
1: Correct. Yeah. It's, it's a language and an area.
3: It's a language and a cultural group. Got yes, it. yes. The Basque people live in the Pyrenees.
1: Pink wedge for pop culture. In what city was rapper T-Pain born? Oh. <laughs> uh. T-Pain. I'm going to guess Atlanta. Incorrect. Hmm. There is a hint in his name. Oh. Chris.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh,
1: and now he's There's a hint of- in his
2: name? Painville. T- Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs>
1: You, you, it's a right way of thinking yes. yes yeah city with a t
3: uh-huh
1: uh no there's two good
3: ones in florida mm.
1: it is uh, in florida is okay, got to, I, i'm
3: thinking like either tampa or tallahassee tallahassee, oh. tallahassee.
1: t is short for tallahassee oh, tallahassee, tallahassee, yeah. tallahassee, tallahassee pain, pain. huh it's from oh, the panhandle <laughs> yeah he can do like yeah. A country act too. Yeah, yeah. Payne. That's also yeah. a good
3: uh, professional poker player name. Or wrestling. Payne. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really quite, quite versatile. All <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
1: All right, yellow wedge. What was the top of the Empire State Building originally designed for? <laughs>
3: Uh, it was designed originally to moor airships.
1: Yeah! Yeah. Docking airships. Yeah. What? Yes, that would be there awesome.
3: There's to... awesome, uh, like, sketches and things I've seen online of that. Holy
1: cow. <laughs>
3: yeah, and then yeah. you just, like, climb down the ladder yeah. off your
2: airship and go. You know, because yeah. airships. Yeah. yeah.
1: Whoa. That was going to be a thing. That was. It was. Yeah. All right, Purple Wedge. What is the name of Mad Magazine's mascot? (laughs) Everybody, Alfred Alfred E. Newman. (laughs) Newman. Yes. Green wedge for science. What was the first major U.S. city to ban artificial trans fat in restaurants?
2: Oh, Mm.
1: artificial. Artificial. Chris.
2: Was it New York City? Yes. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah.
1: I I would have I knew that they San had a trans Francisco. fat
2: ban. No, we don't have no. If we had, had a trans fat ban, I would have heard about it. <laughs> I would have had to throw out all my trans it. fats.
1: Yeah. All right, last question, orange wedge. Name four of the original seven trading commodities in the game <laughs> Pit. I don't even know what that is. I am not. Uh, Chris. Is it,
2: so is it like like stocks, bonds? No, like no.
1: commodities. Oh, so. commodities. Like coal. Su- bet, sugar. Based
3: on our knowledge of yeah. other games, I bet we could figure it. Wool,
1: maybe? Gold. Steel. You guys haven't said anything. Uh, well, okay, awesome. all right.
2: Okay, what wow, are they? What are they?
1: Barley, corn, flax, hay, Oats, rye, and wheat. I was going to say wheat. I I feel like we could have
2: gotten wheat, yeah. Yeah. But then
0: I wouldn't have known to dive deeper into specific types of grains. Sounds like
4: a crazy
1: multi-grain bread. I've never heard of this game. I I haven't either. I've
2: heard of the game, but I've I've seen the box, a card game that comes in a box.
1: All right. Good job, Brains. So we're still in Vegas. We're still here. And I'm a little hungover. Uh huh. <laughs> but we had lots of fun. We did. Yeah.
2: It was it was definitely fun from an unexpected source. for yeah. sure.
1: We watched Colin play blackjack. Oh. Mm-hmm. For like a really long time.
2: For like an hour, I think we sat there and and just. But watched. it was really fun. You guys were like yeah, good luck Charles, Colin. Yeah. yeah. You have the 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 basic strategies, and you're really good at at sticking to them. Like you yeah. don't get emotional.
3: I try to have a good time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm paying for entertainment, so mm-hmm. I don't get all serious. Well, it's about fun for it. us because yeah. we're
1: doing problem solving, but it's not our money on. Yeah, problem. yeah, That's yeah. Right. It's like the
3: vicarious. Yeah, Uh,
1: and so today is our Viva Las Vegas Part 2.
2: Fun little math game for you guys, oh, in which I'm going wow. to ask you to choose between different options. Okay. okay. So first, there's going to be two exercises. So first, I'm going to give you guys a choice. You can either gamble or you can play it safe. Whoa. Option number one is I will give you an 80% chance of winning $4,000 and a 20% chance of getting nothing. Okay. Or you can pick option number two, which is a 100% chance of me giving you $3,000. Tell me, just right now, spur of the moment, what would you jump for?
1: Okay, so, so repeat okay, the options I'm again. I'm going to
2: repeat the options. An 80% chance of getting $4,000, 20% chance of getting nothing at all, uh-huh. or instead of that, a 100% chance of getting $3,000. Oh, the second.
3: You yeah. go for the second yeah. one? Yeah. I, I would on. take the second one, the second one. You line. would take
2: the $3,000? Yeah. Okay. You are in line with about 80% of people who would just take the sure thing. They would go with the $3,000. That's a lot.
1: That's still a lot of money. Yeah.
2: So here's question number two. Okay. Mm -hmm. Again, two choices. Option one, I'll give you an 80% chance of losing $4,000 right out of your bank account or a 20% chance of breaking even and you don't lose anything versus option number two, which is a 100% chance (laughs) that you will lose $3,000.
3: I would take the eighty oh, percent
2: chance of the of losing four thousand. Yeah, really? yeah. What about you guys? I know it's a right. Would you but would, would do you it. lose three thousand dollars for sure? Or would you take the eighty percent, twenty percent chance of either losing more or losing four thousand uh, no,
1: or twenty
2: percent chance of you break even and you don't lose anything?
1: When you're talking about taking away yep. something that's yep. different. I hate
2: my brain but that's I what I would choose. I would
1: choose the first option.
2: You would you would take the gamble? <laughs>
1: Just for that chance that nothing happens. Dana, you're uh, a little,
2: you're, and you, you're kind of going back and forth. You're not sure what you would do? I'm not do? sure. Well, I'll tell you again, in this case, 92% of people <laughs> choose to take the gamble. Really? And the thing is, both of the decisions that you guys made yeah. mathematically are, are actually, Same. no, they're wrong. Oh. They're both the wrong decision. In the case of gaining money, an 80-20 chance to get way more money is actually a really good gamble that you should take because the the odds are so much better. And in the chance of losing money, you have a really good chance of actually losing more money. And and the smart thing mm-hmm. to do is just to lose the three thousand dollars if oh. those are the two things you have to choose from. Yep. But again, most people are like you guys and make the mathematically wrong decision. Why is this? This comes from I a, feel 19- like
1: a dummy. <laughs> no no no
2: you're just a normal person like everybody else. This comes from a nineteen seventy nine study and They called it prospect theory or the theory of how people choose between different prospects, different prospective options that are in front of them. What they say that it shows is that people are not necessarily risk averse all the time, but that people are definitely loss averse. Mm -hmm. We do not like the idea of losing things. So let me illustrate this with, with a personal example. A couple of years ago, I was on eBay looking at items that people would put up with a, with a buy it now price as soon as they put them up to see if anybody put up something that was a lot cheaper than it should be. So I could buy it really quickly in rapid succession. This happened. Somebody put up a video game for $50 and I knew that video game was worth about $500. So I very quickly, I bought it. Then they put up another video game that was $50 and I thought to myself, Oh, is this, is this one worth? is worth a lot of money. I think it is, but I don't know if I want to pay $50, because yeah. maybe it's not. In that span of time that I was thinking about it, somebody else bought it. Mm. And then I did a little bit more research, and I realized that other video game was worth, at the time, about $300, and I totally should have bought it. So I get the game that I had gotten at a, a great, great deal in the mail. Was I happy?
1: No. No. Because no. all you were thinking about, was the, thinking one about the other other it was the the one sc- that got It away. was the
2: score of a lifetime. It was an amazing, amazing <laughs> deal for this really rare game. And when I think about that day, I feel a twinge of regret <laughs> that I lost out on the other one. So even though I came out <laughs> way uh, ahead, yeah. I count it as a loss. Like, if you gain $100 and lose $80, you think to yourself that you lost, even though you're $20 ahead of where you used to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. so
0: weird.
3: Yeah.
2: People... You should take, like, the eighty twenty risk when it's in your favor, and you should not take it when it's not in your favor. But people don't think of it like that. They don't – you don't want to have the bad feeling of losing. No. And you guys yeah. are thinking about, well, I mean, if I'm going to lose $3,000 – I might as well lose four thousand dollars because it's not the money; it's the bad feeling, and you're going to feel bad, whatever. So you're going to take the outside chance that you're not going to have the bad feeling. Yeah,
3: that's that's absolutely right. Yeah, and like I can, I can like feel myself thinking that, and I'm like, no, that's wrong. Oh, but there's a chance. I've got a one in five chance. And this
2: is why this is a component of some people getting addicted to gambling. If you're gambling and you've lost money, the smart thing to do is to just stop and walk away. Mm -hmm. But people will throw good money after bad because they want to get back their losses. Yeah, mm-hmm. And this is why sometimes like people will start behaving more recklessly when they're gambling after they've lost money because they're trying to Hail recklessly... Just, so, totally, yeah, yep, yeah. totally. Because they want to avoid that bad feeling of, I lost. And if they can at least get back to having broken even, they'll walk out feeling good.
1: In your, in your first example, 80% chance of winning $4,000 and 20% chance of winning nothing. If I'm in that 20% chance, I feel so bad. I would just yeah. get $3,000. You would feel
2: like you've lost the $3,000 yeah. mm-hmm. that you could have gotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a study in 2012, and this is kind of, this study is still kind of in its early days. Um, But the study linked the presence of the chemical norepinephrine Mm. in the brain to a lessened sensation of loss aversion. Hmm. If you've got more of it in your brain, you don't feel those losses as hard. And so... Can I take it? That's the thing. Yeah. They're, they're they're trying to come up with, like, is there a way we can actually medicate people <laughs> to get rid of their gambling addictions? Because oh, if we put witness. more norepinephrine in there, they won't feel the loss as hard and they won't feel as compelled to go, quote, mm-hmm. win back their losses. Wow. That's really interesting. Yep.
1: So obviously a lot of card games in Vegas, Blackjack, Texas Hold'em, normal poker, a bunch of variations of those games – as a kid, I loved playing playing cards. I've learned how to play poker at a very early age, <laughs> and there's some burning questions I just want to share with you guys, and I research on the answers, so oh, okay, I know the okay. answers. So my first burning question is, I just never understood why a club was called a club.
5: Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Like,
1: the shape of it is a clover. Uh-huh. What is a club? The heart looks like a heart. A yeah, diamond yeah. is a diamond. A spade looks like a spade or mm. a leaf, a shovel. Shovel. But like mm. what's a
2: club?
3: Oh, I,
0: I feel like I've heard this yeah, before. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. Yeah.
3: I'm just gonna guess that it's like an, an etymology shift thing. That like maybe club and clover, the words are related. I don't know.
1: Nope. So playing cards are old. Mm-hmm. You know, I they mean, sure are. People can say it stemmed from. China, they used to have cards with people's faces on them. Mm-hmm. Um, the current modern playing cards, as we know, stem mostly from European traditions. During the 14th century, there were a lot of British soldiers who were returning from wars from Italy and Spain. Mm. They were playing playing cards, but it was the Latin-based deck. Different cultures have different symbols for the suits.
3: Right, right. Mm-hmm.
1: So the suit we know now... Hearts, spades, clubs, and diamonds are of the French suit. But the Latin suit used four different symbols. It was cups, mm-hmm. coins, oh, clubs. Like the tarot. Yeah, it's really right. similar, yeah. Cause yep. tarot is it has a Italian symbology behind it.
2: And like stabs and
1: Coins, cups, swords, and mm-hmm. clubs. Okay. So when there was a symbol switch, you know, since the French one became more popular, people still refer to the clovers as clubs. Ah. So it's not cuz the clover is club or some, you know, misunderstanding. They're just calling it the old name. Got you know? it.
3: The the old name stood in and the Like club
1: as to... in a club you beat someone with. Yeah, mm-hmm. right,
3: right, right. Got it.
1: So not very exciting. But that's the answer.
3: It's, you said it's the French deck tradition. In French, do they call it a clover, or do they call it a club?
1: They call it a trefoil. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> ah. So in other cultures, the old-timey suits are, are all different. So in Germany, there were hearts, leaves, bells, and acorns. Mm. Cute. And then in Switzerland, there shields, roses, bells, and acorns. Somehow oh. bells and acorns. I yeah, guess I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of them. All right. So my other question is... So I know what a king is. Most people know what a king is. People know mm-hmm. what a queen is. What is a jack? Who is the jack? Why is he a jack? <laughs> just, just
2: like a guy?
1: But why is he a face card? Oh, I don't like, know. Like, is he a prince? I, so I, I always, always thought it was, assumed a he was
3: Yeah, like the jack, the knave.
1: That position is commonly called the knave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you abbreviate it, and this is pre-17th century, when you abbreviate it, you have K Q. And then you have another K. Oh. So uh, sometimes they refer to it as Big K Little N, but that's so similar to the Big <laughs> oh, K. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the term Jack was borrowed from another game, an English Renaissance card game called All Fours, ah. where the name had the name Jack. The thing is, this game was kind of considered a, like, lowbrow. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't want to use the word Jack. It seems kind of vulgar. However, it comes to a point where they're like we got to change the <laughs> second K cuz it's messing things up so they changed the knave to jack. Mm. However, this doesn't happen in any other languages. It's just English. Uh-huh. Because in French it's called valet. So the abbreviation would be a V. It's just English that king oh, sure. is K and K. Got so it. valet like valet like the servant. Like a squire. Uh-huh. So he's not so yeah. I guess I always thought he was a prince. He's not a prince. He's like a like a royal servant. Mm-hmm. Huh. And finally, there are nicknames for cards, right? So there's the one-eyed Jacks and there's Suicide King, and there's Bedpost Queen. Now in standard playing card decks, the patterns or the designs are kind of standardized now. Mm -hmm. Some of the kings are facing this way, and sometimes they hold a sword. Queen of Spades always has some sort of post behind her. Mm -hmm. And I thought as a kid, I was like, there must be like a secret meaning, and they must be for something. Mm -hmm. And like, why are the one-eyed jacks one-eyed jacks? There must be a story behind it. No, it's just design and one design stuck, and it just kind of went that way. However, the United States Playing Card Company suggests that maybe in the old days, there was some sort of this king was meant to be this king. But it's not confirmed. It oh, also, you mean like, like
3: aligning to a real life person? You yeah, mean. so
1: okay. cards were being made by different companies or different artists. Maybe one person thought, like, I'm going to make all the kings, you know, represent some real mm. king. But in terms of our standardized deck, they're not meant to be anybody. But at one point, you know, the king of hearts was said to be Charlemagne. Mm. King of diamonds was Julius Caesar. King of clubs was Alexander the Great, uh, and King of Spades huh. was King David. Huh. At one point, maybe. Right, some right. one deck did that, mm-hmm. uh, but now they don't really mean anything. And all mm-hmm. those special, like, this king has a mustache, and this king does this, it's all, it's just part of the design. Okay. No secret meaning.
3: I didn't know about the queens. I, what was the, the bedpost bed of queens? The queen of spades. Oh, <laughs> okay. So there's always... A...
1: She has, like, some pillar behind her. Oh, I gotta look for that.
3: Oh, I, don't okay. I, ever, I don't think I ever knew yeah, that yeah, as Yeah, I never thing. heard of yeah. that. Yeah.
1: There you go. Not very mind-blowing. But answers. Whoa. But answers. Yes.
2: Uh, You know, Nintendo started as a playing card company. I think we might have mentioned that on the show before, right?
1: Yep. Hanafuda. Hanafuda.
2: Hanafuda Flower cards. And the reason that they did flower cards, which basically they, they were cards... With images of nature on them, mostly flowers, and all of them represented uh, the months of the year, you know, mm. that, that sort of thing. The reason that they started making those was in 1889 was because Western playing cards and really all forms of gambling were just sort of generally banned. So Hanafuda cards became popular. It was like, oh no, it's a game of culture and poetry (laughs) and and images and memory. But because the cards were... You know, kind of like divided into suits and, you know, Seasons. could be, yeah. you could, you could kind of like, you could make a gambling game around it. And so illicit kind of gambling games, uh, started up like that. That was, you know, much later, like hundreds of years after Hanafuda were invented. That's when the Nintendo company was, was founded for like decades upon decades. Nintendo pretty much just made, you know, Hanafuda and, and they, they got into the making of Western cards too, because by then, you know, the, the ban had kind of been lifted. Nintendo really did a very good job at like introducing innovations. Into the playing card industry, so some things you might not know about them as a maker of gambling devices. Um, in 1953, they made the first Japanese-made plastic playing cards. The playing Whoa, cards, the playing okay. cards we use now are are plastic. plastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And they, they don't were... <laughs> fold
1: and they don't. That's like, <laughs> right.
2: That's right. And in 1959, this was big for them. They licensed Disney characters. They struck a deal with Whoa, Disney that is to wrong. make playing cards with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, etc what they did with that was they took a thing that was still looked at in Japan as being like gambling and they turned it into a child's a toy. toy and they really and that's how they expanded the market for western style playing cards yeah, in Japan it's
3: wholesome it's got mickey mouse yeah. on it <laughs> right
2: so on the road to becoming a video game company which you did in the late 1970s what nintendo did and nintendo did all kinds of stuff they tried to do food you know, the fur- furikake seasoning that, like, goes onto rice. You know, the things you sprinkle onto Simi rice. powder uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did furikake that was, uh, like, I think it was, like, Popeye. <laughs>
1: furikake. Okay. I, think, okay. I think
2: it was Popeye. Uh, it kind of like, they sense. tried that. I mean, like, a taxi company. Most infamously, Nintendo had a love hotel. <laughs> like, they actually tried to get into the love hotel business. Wow.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, and all of these things were just sort of, like, they were just kind of farting around. You know, it wasn't... It, it, they just weren't really able they to anything going. They were looking you know, for something to stick. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so what ended up sticking was toys. They started making toys. That was what did it. And so Nintendo, they made tons and tons of toys. The, Nintendo would license toys. Like, Nintendo licensed Twister and, and released yeah. Twister ah. in Japan. You know, they manufacture things sometimes and then send them to foreign countries to be sold there. Okay. So before... Nintendo, you know, in video games came to America, like there were Nintendo products out there. And I know this for a fact, and there's, again, there's not a lot of info out there. I know this because I actually bought on eBay very recently A Nintendo miniature home roulette game. This was one of the things that they sold in the US and it has English. Like a physical. Like a physical, a little, a little chintzy plastic roulette wheel with a little tiny little ball and a felt mat, you know, for placing bets and little tiny little chips for betting. (laughs) And it all says Nintendo on it and the price tag. Is still on the box, and the price tag is from Circus Circus, oh. one of the casinos here on the Vegas Strip. Wow! So, if your parents or grandparents, like in the '60s, you know, ever went to Las Vegas and maybe brought back some kind of crappy souvenir from the gift shop, go take a look at that because, like, it might have been made by Nintendo. Wow! Weird, right? I even have the Nintendo made like a little travel roulette set, like you know, a little travel game. <laughs> yeah, like it's, but it, when you really need to get really, a game, you know, in on the yeah, I, I don't that. know why. I don't know why, like all these. It's this it's it's so it, elaborate for a portable. <laughs> very few of Nintendo's like toy game products got distributed in the U.S., but but like roulette wheels, for some reason, were like a big. Overseas market seller for Nintendo. Maybe nobody else made them very much in the (laughs) U.S. And Nintendo was just sort of on top of that, like filling that roulette-shaped hole. (laughs) American cards,
1: plastic circles. That's
2: the sort of thing that you think you're gonna play once you get back from Las Vegas, (laughs) but you really don't. No. Yeah. They. I have a little. It's a little travel. Little travel roulette set. It's about the size of like a stack of business cards, basically, and it's got a little tiny roulette wheel, a little tiny ball. You know, tinier, (laughs) tinier ball, tinier felt thing. I'm and sure then- that's a really precision <laughs> piece of gaming equipment. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they, they calibrate it and everything. <laughs> it's got the name of a Las Vegas um radio station like embossed in into the plastic. So it must have been a, like a promotional item that they gave out. Probably mm. not even directly from Nintendo. There was probably like distributors in the US that would just buy containers full of stuff from Japan and then sell it here.
1: Where yeah. There is like a weird Vegas Nintendo connection.
2: There is. Somehow. There's it a little there is a there's games an old toys. But they don't do, you know, there's slot machines for everything, but there's no Nintendo S- slot oh, machines. machines. No, yeah. they don't do that. They might do that. <laughs> they might do that one day if they if they really need the money.
1: There used to be, and I used to love playing the Star Wars slot machines. Uh-huh. I haven't seen one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh. I wonder if it's oh, the Dis- Disney, Disney thing. Disney pulled- must not do it. Maybe oh. they
2: did because you don't see Disney slot machines. I bet you in our lifetimes at some point we'll see like, <laughs> Disney and Nintendo slot machines. The, the deal with the slot machines, like the Wonka slot machine, is you see something familiar, some franchise yeah. that you love, and it's going to attract you to that machine. So imagine the Disney slot machines. It's it's the image, right? Like yeah. they don't yeah. want it associated oh, yeah. with gambling. But like adults would sit there and play Disney slot machines like Yeah, because we grew up with it. I yeah.
3: mean, yeah. we, we yeah. saw this phenomenon firsthand. We were walking to the casino and Karen's like, oh, Willy Wonka. <laughs> <Hi." Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I lost really. the
1: way. Yep, yep, yep.
3: I think more than a lot of uh, tourist destination cities, uh, Las Vegas has, uh, has a has a lot more mythology built up around it, and just crazy stories and tales that may or may not be true, popularized uh, by movies, popularized sometimes. by movies and popular no. culture. That's right, that's right. So what I have collected for you guys are some true or false statements about Las Vegas and environs. True false. True false. false. Right. So uh, I will read out these. Uh, these may be real. These may be misconstrued. Uh, you guys, why don't you, why don't you give a thumbs up for true, thumbs down for false.
1: All right. Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: okay. So, Karen, as you mentioned, one mm-hmm. of the truly nice perks of gambling is the free drinks. there yes. are the drinks everywhere, alcohol, beer, whatever. <laughs> uh, walk around while you're carrying it. So, true or false, mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, it is legal to carry an open container of alcohol in public anywhere you go.
2: Oh. Halfway. Somebody, anywhere you go. I,
0: well, What kind of open container?
3: Uh, A beer bottle with just out in the open, let's say. Okay. All right, Karen, Dana say false, Chris says true. Uh, it is a little nuanced. It is false. Okay. Uh, the open container laws really in the codes are on the Strip, on the Las Vegas Strip, oh. and, you know, the oh. Fremont Street area downtown. Oh, um,
1: oh but
2: okay.
3: once you get away from the Las Vegas Strip, Las Vegas is like most other cities in the country. You can't just waltz around carrying an open container of <laughs> Like beer. in the suburbs, you're yeah. yes. like, yeah! Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. True or false? hmm casinos in las vegas often pump hyper oxygenated air <laughs> into the casinos to keep patrons alert and gambling longer
1: wait i i feel like i don't want the guests to be alert the story is that you want
3: them as awake as possible if, if they can't give you money if they're oh. asleep mm-hmm. Karen and Chris say false. Dana says true. This is one of the oldest, most persistent misconceptions about Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, is, oh yeah, you know, they pop oxygen into the casinos to keep you alert and fresh. And no, this, this is false. They, they do not. Pump oxygen. Uh, there your, is oxygen in the oxygenated air. air. They do have efficient air filtration systems because there are people smoking and it's a large, you know, large building. But no, not only not only is it actually illegal to pump oxygen into the air system of a building, it would actually be pretty hazardous. I mean, as you guys probably know, the more oxygen content in the air, the more flammable it is, Aww. and you don't want to be cigarettes. oxygenating yeah. a building where people are lighting up cigarettes left and right. So I was trying to find out like where does this come from. Aside from just being as oh an old mm-hmm. misconception, a lot of people think this may go back to a book by Mario Puzo, who we have talked wrote about the, in the show. Yes, right? very famously wrote the Godfather books. That's right. Uh, in his book uh, Fools Die, he talks about how the fictitious Xanadu Casino would pump oxygen into the vents huh. to sort of keep people hopped up and, and ready to gamble. <laughs> it, it is not true; they don't do it. True or false? Prostitution is legal in Las Vegas. Oh. Karen says true, Chris and Dana say false. That is false. What? It is it
2: is legal everywhere in Nevada except for Las Vegas, right?
3: It is legalized county by county. <laughs> right, okay. It is not legal in Clark County, uh where Las, Las Vegas, Vegas is. is That's right. That's uh-huh.
1: right.
0: This would be a different place, I think.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: it would. I
3: yeah. think
0: as as much
3: vice and yeah. sin as this city embraces, I think that would probably be, uh, yeah, t- t- <laughs> <just wanna laughs> bring your kids <laughs> here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, last one, guys. Here we go. True or false, casinos intentionally do not place clocks or other timepieces on uh, the wall as a way of keeping patrons from knowing exactly what time it is.
1: I hear this all the time. It's like coupled with that's why there are no windows and that's why it's dark. So you Mm. never know like what you don't have a good gauge of what time it really is. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I say
0: yes. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Says I'll say, I'll say no. yeah. Karen says true. Chris says false. Uh, it is true.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true.
3: Yeah, I mean, and you know, I mean, I have to say, I think like this is this is only slightly devious on the scale of things that they could do. But you're right, Karen. It's part of the same parcel. Well, know the
1: time. Bring a watch. You,
3: yeah, and you know, look on your phone. Look at your watch. That's right. Uh, but they they intentionally part of good <laughs> casino design, as you say, keep you away from the windows, no daylight. They don't want you to realize. Oh my God, I've been sitting at this table. It's three a.m. I've been here. For four hours. That's how
1: I felt last night. I was like, wow, cool. (laughs)
3: It is amazing how quickly time can pass and you don't realize it.
0: When you walk through the casino during the day, it's like, is it nighttime? Like the way the lights are kind of dim. You can't tell. Yeah. Yeah. They're certainly
3: not going to prevent you from looking at the time, but they're not going to help you out either. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Wow. All right. So we haven't talked about this yet, but Vegas is also known, in addition to gambling and drinking and debauchery, it's also known for quickie marriages.
2: Yo, oh, true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's
0: right. Uh, you don't need blood tests here to get married. That's it's right. very cheap. Getting um, divorced is also very cheap here. <laughs> <laughs> it's ideal if you get very romantic, for the moment.
2: That's <laughs> what your priorities are. Yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah. So I have a quiz for you guys. It's about quickie Vegas weddings. That mostly ended in divorce, <laughs> yeah, quickly oh, yeah. divorce yeah. by yeah. celebrities. Um and so it's four that four that ended quickly and one that lasted. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, that's good. Okay. Silver lighting. All right. This couple married in January of two thousand and four and it annulled their marriage fifty five hours later. They were childhood friends and knew each other from their hometown of Kentwood, Louisiana. <laughs> Everybody, Britney, Britney Spears, Spears and some and guy. guy, Kent. Something. His, he shares his name with a famous actor and oh. Kevin, no, Sean, che- Kevin. Jason Alexander. Jason oh.
2: Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> Is a famous actor.
0: It's pretty famous. You guys knew famous. what I was talking about. <laughs> <George>. <laughs> I'm
2: just kidding. Jason Alexander. Yeah.
0: She did not marry George from Seinfeld. No. Right? <laughs> yeah.
2: For 55 hours. <laughs>
0: These celebs who are like, maybe the, I would say almost like <laughs> the face of pop culture, celebrity pop culture in the 90s. One is a basketball player, the other is a dancer and TV personality, married in 1998 and filed an annulment nine days later. Karen? Carmen Electra? Yes. Yeah!
1: All right. And... and-
2: you can do Dennis it. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. How would you describe her profession? I like, you're like, she's a dancer, dancer and
2: TV
0: personality. personality. <laughs> I know. I, I purposely omitted the singer part. She was a singer too. Yeah. <laughs> this couple married in Vegas in 2000 after just dating for a few weeks and they divorced in 2003. They start together in a movie. That's how they met. Um, uh, they're known for their very unconventional declarations of love for each other. Oh. oh. Uh Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Man. They would wear vials of blood around their of each other's blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. They were proficient to go. When you don't even need a blood test, you know. <laughs> no. They have <laughs> they
4: it. They get it anyway. Case. I forgot
1: yeah. that all happened. Yeah. yeah. Billy Bob yeah. Thornton. That's yeah. right.
4: Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, so this celebrity couple wed in 1966 at the Sands Casino and Hotel. They split two years later. They divorced when she refused to quit her movie to work on his movie.
3: Uh, Elizabeth Taylor? Nope.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh-huh. Bobby Darren. No. Nope. Uh, the movie that she was working on was Rosemary's Baby. Uh,
3: oh. Uh, Mia Farrow and Frank Sinatra? Yes.
0: huh. What? whoa she didn't want to leave her, well wikipedia mm. says and, and it seemed it seemed to check out she did not want to leave rosemary's baby or quit that movie to work on his movie the detective which mm. i think was probably a like good a good, good career move? Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it ended her marriage to him i don't know all right finally this talk show host married her actor husband in 1996 and they remain together until this day uh, talk show talk
3: host, host mm-hmm. actor husband
0: 1990, 1996, and they, Hmm. I'll give you more hints, they have commercials where they sell appliances and they talk about how happy they are.
1: (laughs) Kelly Ripa. Yes. Oh.
0: (laughs) And Mark Consuelos.
1: Oh, that's right. Yes. Soap opera, right? Yeah. They sell appliances. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's like throwing a birthday party for her dog. I remember that commercial. I was like, oh, I always want to go. Yeah. I'm so I jealous. Go to your dog's I birthday party dog's living <laughs> large. Yeah. And use your yeah. crazy refrigerators. Yeah. They got wow. married in Vegas. Yep. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. A word from our sponsor. It's only a kick, oh,
2: a jump, a block.
1: And we're back. You're listening to Good Job Brain. And this week is our Vegas Part 2 episode. Woo! Yay! Yeah! Woo! Part 2!
2: Here, let me tell you something about Las Vegas, okay? Well, Mister- I checked in. Kay. I got here a few days ago. Buster Brown. I checked <laughs> in out at the out at the Hard Rock Hotel. Um, and, of course, you know, because these casinos are really huge, I check in at the registration desk. And then I walk, and I walk, and I walk, right. and I walk for a long time until I get to the elevator that's going to actually take me up to my room because it's this sort of sprawling complex. And, you know, as you do when you get to an elevator, I reached out with my finger to press the up button on the wall and... Just before my finger touched that button, a massive spark of electricity left my body oh. and went, into the, went right into the wall. And I was like, do that! Yeah. Then I remembered, I'm like, oh, that's right. I've seen the hard rock before. And I get shocked all the time wow. at the hard rock. Huh. All the time. Every single time I touch metal and touch the elevator buttons, I just get shocked. It's very rock and roll. It's That's super it raw. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and so uh, as it turns out, you know, static electricity, buildup of static electricity and shocking yourself is actually more of an issue in Las Vegas and places like Las Vegas than it is elsewhere. Why?
1: Well, is it I'll the t- gambling? let me tell oh. you
2: all about it. It's the gambling.
1: No, no, I mean like, like the slot machine and like electricity oh, like, and stuff. That
2: that, like that plays into it a little bit, but oh, it's okay. more of an effect of, rather than a cause. So let's talk about, you know, let's just get our our bases covered here. What is static electricity? It's the transfer <laughs> of yeah. So uh, so so yeah, it's as opposed to like current electricity, right. which is constantly flowing, static electricity is electricity that is Static and is hanging out inside of you, and it causes it it is caused when like two objects touch and separate or rub up against each other or have any you know friction. And if a material or an object, if it's holding on to its electrons weakly, and then uh, it kind of comes into contact with something that maybe holds on to electrons a little bit more strongly, there is a transfer. There is a transfer of electrons, and you know your body holds on to electrons pretty good. Carpet and fabrics and things like that don't really hold their electrons so well, um, and so that's why you know when you're like you know when your clothes are rubbing together or like your clothes are in the dryer rubbing against each other or you know when you know when you want to really shock somebody you can take your shoes off and rub your feet on the carpet, rub your feet super hard and create a lot of friction on the carpet. You're going to transfer a lot of electrons. Then you go up to your little brother and you're like, <laughs> you know, Ooh. right or sister.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, either, yeah. way. Whatever either works. way, either Whatever way. Works. <laughs> You
2: guys so have a weird relationship we with their siblings. What? You never shocked your, <laughs> nope. your siblings growing up? You're missing out. So there are actually different kinds of static electricity. Like you can actually build up static electricity just by pressure, mm. but like a lot of pressure. But what we're talking about here is the triboelectric effect. Um, and that is the transfer of, of, uh, of electrons by basically friction, mm. uh, mm-hmm. by two different materials touching, touching, separating, or rubbing against each other. So once you have like extra electrons hanging out, out in your body, um, if you touch something that is a good conductor of electricity,
5: oh. the
2: the electrons will Got leave. It. And if uh, basically, if that if that touch point is like as something like as small as your fingertip and a little piece of metal, all the the electrons leaving will be concentrated in a very you know small oh. area, so you'll feel it more and you'll get shocked.
1: Cause it's less area; it's concentrated. But yeah. if it's like, say, a larger area, it wouldn't—you actually wouldn't notice it. So that's like right. your whole face. Put your whole face on
2: it. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the thing. So, I mean, uh, when well, I every time after <laughs> I got shocked, I would now walk up to the elevators and then like touch the metal with my elbow or like touch it with my arm or whatever. So it's sort of—it's not as sensitive as my fingertip. So. Why do you suppose it is worse when you're here in Las Vegas?
3: I thought it was electricity. I thought it has something to do with the yeah, the humidity or or lack thereof.
2: Okay. It totally has to do with the lack of humidity. Why would that be the case?
3: Well is it because, is it, I'm just, the that when there's mm-hmm. more moisture in the air, it can conduct better? And, bingo, and bingo. The dry yeah. air is an insulator. The, the
2: moisture in the air is conducting electricity away from your body. Mm-hmm. Because water is a good conductor of electricity. So... It takes the electrons away the from electrons. your body oh. as you're just hanging out. But when things are really dry, as in here in Las Vegas, there's less moisture in the air and the electrons have nowhere to go. Mm. So they hang out in your body and uh, you get zapped more. And like people who like move to Las Vegas, I'm just walking around my house and I'm like, shock, 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 <laughs> shock all day. Um, wow. And they're like, why is this the case? And what can I do about it?
1: Yeah, what can you do about it? I guess you, you wear metal shoes. Keep a humidifier
2: running. Yeah. And it happens to people when they are getting into their cars yeah. and it happens when yeah. they in their cars because you're it on in your car, car you do well, you get it on the car door yeah. you get it um, when you're just in your car randomly because like your clothes they're constantly rubbing up against the fabric of the seat and it's just generating static electricity totally. and then you touch something metal in your car and you get shocked just driving down the street it's amazing like
3: how much like I, I, I hate that moment like oh no it's know coming no it's coming. coming it's yeah, such yeah, a
2: yeah.
1: small minor amount of pain but right, it's the right, fact right. that you know it's coming it's the anticipation
2: it, yeah. yeah that's the right that's the torture it's the, the <laughs> it's water the torture surprise. kind of thing
1: when I run the, those tough Mudder mud runs, yeah. those obstacle course ones. Like, oh, they you know, electrify you, right? They they they, <laughs> they electrocute you. They have live mm. wires and stuff, and mm. it's it's the anticipation that makes it so much worse because you know it's coming and you're waiting for it to come, and it's a surprise because you don't know when or where right, you'll when it's get shot. Hit you. Yeah, and when it happens, I'm like, whoa. It's not even the shock; it's the surprise yeah. that yeah. makes me crumble into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be running, but like Bzzz, I'm like Bleh. I, I, <laughs> they got me. <laughs>
2: Go on with that so <laughs> I can't help you in the tough mutter course, but what can you do? Like if you're in your home and you're constantly getting shocked, you can get a humidifier. Mm. You can get a humidifier and humidify the air, and that would really help. Something else you can do is use fabric softener. So fabric softener, which you use now, sometimes you can pour this into you know your washing machine mm-hmm. wow. but also dryer sheets uh, have like dry what oh. I'm thinking
1: when you're like fabric softener I think it's yeah. like a naked person just rubbing his <laughs> <with> <laughs> fabric himself. softener sheets is that yeah. the teddy bear coming yeah. yeah. out where he like falls onto the sheets <laughs> just rolling what?
3: around in the yeah. naked yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: So the fabric softener, and when you put in a dryer sheet into the dryer, what that is, is like there's fabric softener in the sheet, and when it warms up, it releases, basically. It acts as a lubricant, so your clothes don't rub together as much. Right. Okay. The stuff that's in fabric softener is positively charged. Mm.
1: Whoa. That's Purposely pump it into the... That's thing. that's
2: why they mm-hmm. use that stuff because it cancels out the negative electrons and all that kind of stuff. Some people don't like using dryer sheets to get rid of static cling. You know what they can do? Think about it. What what could you what could you just put in your dryer?
1: That's that's what a positive, of posi- a battery. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, <no? laughs> don't put a battery in your dryer you know what you can do you can take aluminum foil and oh. ball it up take a foil ball and just put it in the dryer with your clothes oh. and that will take all the electrons because on in the foil because it's conducting the electricity away
3: that's a good little trick please don't put a
1: battery please. i don't know no. please. right, please right, right. Do not Bad
2: and yeah. if you if you are really having problems because this can be a problem in casinos like somebody could technically you know electronics are very sensitive uh i heard anecdotally that like people will walk around in a casino you know shuffling their feet not not on purpose but like they'll walk around in a casino sit down in a machine touch the machine and fry it Uh, because they send so much electricity (laughs) into a sensitive part of the slot machine that it just goes bust like the button yeah and you can do this to your computer you can do this to a lot of electronics you know if you are having this problem in like your office or whatever it is uh, just take fabric softener and uh, or like a diluted solution of fabric softener in water and just spray it on your carpet just all over your naked body yeah yeah or that but just positively charge your carpet so you don't get it picking it up
0: so what's the deal with the hard rock hotel's carpet beats the
2: heck out of me i wanted to i wanted to find some solution or to why it was the hard rock because the hotel that we're in Right. It no. doesn't bother me nearly it must as much. Just be it's the, the
3: perfect storm of right air humidity, humidity type of carpet like the air conditioning
2: yeah. well, it everything It could be the air all, they're pumping, the air they're pumping in maybe they maybe maybe they humidify the air in this hotel and they don't in the hard rock. Mm-hmm. beats me.
5: Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances.
1: So as I mentioned earlier, uh,
3: I believe my favorite casino game is blackjack. Love sitting at the blackjack table. Yeah. You guys have been humoring me, following <laughs> me around, uh, trying to find the one mm. just the right yeah. odds and the right payout I and know. everything. You're a real BJ
0: expert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got uh, ambushed.
5: Uh. <laughs> With my counting he app,
1: <laughs> his, he's like,
5: is my blackjack app. This BJ expert, I keep
1: it. I deliberately <laughs> keep it
0: like on the second
3: page of the games. It's a oh, little embarrassing. Yeah, people. BJ expert. And like you can't change it. It's no, we, that's the
0: that's like, the title so of the at least the picture is yeah at least, yeah at least <laughs> the picture.
3: So you guys probably heard of card counting, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yes. And do you guys know very quickly what card counting is? Can you give yeah. me just like the five second description? It's, so
2: if you're sitting at the blackjack table, you're sort of just keeping track of all of the cards that have that are being played out of the deck or out of the the whole stack of, of many many decks that they're what what is it called? The shoe. The shoe. Yes. Um. And so you're just keeping track of what cards have been played. And so as they get down to the bottom of the shoe, it might be you you know there's a lot of good cards right. left in there. That is the point. Once you've kept track of all the cards, that's when you start... Betting bigger amounts of money because your chance of winning has gone up. Yep,
3: yeah, you've mm-hmm. got it pretty much exactly right. Mm-hmm. And but the one thing to, to to add to that that a lot of people have a misconception that card counting is keeping track of every card that has come out. Right. You know, they have this image of like in Rain Man where it's oh he memorized the entire order, and that's that's not what card counting is no. at all. Mm-hmm. You really are just keeping track of the ratio of high cards to low cards. Right. And, and so they're, you're just okay.
2: subtracting and adding that's right. as right. see cards come out.
3: There are a lot of variations on the systems, but essentially you're right, you're keeping a running count. And you know, yeah. as a player you want a deck to have a lot of tens and aces in it basically right. you know and again, and
2: again that's why the casinos don't work with one deck of cards and then replace it because it's so much easier to count one deck of I mean you you and I could count on deck of cards yeah. having no training because we'd see all the you know we'd see oh wow there's they're down to only a little few cards and no aces have come out that's right. card counting right. like you know that the cards are waiting there for you
3: and there are places you can still play single and double deck blackjack yep. um they tend to be lower limit tables yes. for partly this reason and they yep. had and they started putting in place a lot of uh, restrictions once <laughs> it became apparent that people knew how to card count you know yep. one common restriction is you can't come in mid shoe if you're playing at a single or double deck hand right. cuz they don't want you standing there waiting for it to be rich oh. in tens and aces oh i'm going to play now
5: right yeah. and but
3: that's essentially that's- how the big IT gang oh, yeah. ran their operation. It, like, it
2: wasn't like they all just went and sat down at tables that's and just right. played cards. It was like they had one person at every table counting, just counting, 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 bidding low amounts, throwing money away. And then as soon as, right, like as soon as one of the tables became super hot and the person knew it, that's when they'd signal to the big up. money yep, player yep, yep. to come in. The the guy who really knew what he was doing, then he would start throwing out huge amounts of money. That's yep. right.
3: All right. So here's a question for you guys. Uh card counting is this legal or is it illegal?
2: <laughs> I believe it's legal, I think it's totally it legal
3: illegal It is one hundred percent legal, yeah and oh, okay. the courts have upheld that it is legal yeah They're, you you are not breaking the law by card counting mm-hmm. now. Historically, they can kick you out. No, well, they, so this is they, interesting. So the casinos obviously don't like it if you're card counting, and historically they would harass you and up to the point of if they suspected you of card counting. Mm-hmm. And you can tell if you know what you're doing, You're watching somebody making irrational bets or, yes. or, or, or sorry, what yeah, seemed to be like, irrational bets. Right.
2: If a guy's like five dollars, five dollars, five dollars, five dollars, five dollars, a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars. Yeah. 000, like, oh. yeah. Right.
3: Right. And they would, you know, anywhere from excuse me, sir, we need to ask you to leave to. Picking you up and throwing you out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know, over years they've gotten a lot more polite about it. In 1979, one of the most famous figures in the world of blackjack card counting, mm-hmm. a man named Ken Austin, who has written books on how to count, oh, yeah. he sued an Atlantic City casino because he had been banned. He had, he was so good yeah. and become so well known, they wouldn't let him play. Mm-hmm. And he sued the casino on the grounds that you can't you can't bar players based on their skill. He's like, I'm not marking the cards. I'm not bending the cards. I'm not communicating. I'm just keeping track of statistics. He's
1: has a really good yeah. memory.
3: That's right, and the New Jersey Supreme Court agreed with him, and they said that cool. y- the individual casinos cannot set requirements like keeping somebody out because they're too good at the game to play. Right. The real answer is it's not illegal. They don't like it, mm-hmm. and and there are a lot of anecdotes of card counters who will say that if they know that the bosses are kind of onto them, they'll notice that they kind of come up to them and try and distract them, or you mm-hmm. know they'll try and interrupt their flow, and yeah. oh, can I get you the comp card, or get you a new drink? These kind of things, and try and take them out of the game. Right. They. Cannot literally pick you up from the table and take you away from hard oh. counting.
0: They can ask you to leave though?
3: It depends on the casino. The more practical answer is they can also just make it harder to count. So, a lot of the innovations in Blackjack oh, yeah. in particular, they have what are called constant shufflers, is yep. one example. Mm. So, every time the cards come off the table, they go back into a pool of 8, 10, 12 decks that are constantly shuffling. And
2: that, that ends it, basically. That's right. No so, you have track. no idea what's coming yeah, next. Yeah, and, and they could, I mean, it really, it's about waiting for the shoe to get down to a small number of cards, and they don't necessarily have to play through all of those cards. That's they exactly can just be like, okay, right. new shoe time when it's like down to like two uh, decks or whatever. Yep. It'll just no. mix it right back in again.
3: Yep, just the final thing to note is they don't really need to worry that much about card counting. No. They make so much money yeah. off of the average player, even right. if they know what they're doing, losing their money that it more than covers any losses to professional card counters. Yes.
0: No, I don't think card counting is cheating. For some reason, I, I thought I'd heard that it was illegal, and I was so confused. It's like you're not allowed to have your own private thoughts while you're playing yeah. a game. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, formulating a strategy is illegal in this game. Right. Like, no. Weird. Yeah. No.
2: Casinos make a whole lot of money off of people who think that they're going to go in there yeah. and cheat the casino, who think that, like, yeah. I've got my strategy for whatever it is, from video poker to, yeah. to yeah. You know, sure- playing blackjack, yeah. my surefire. Fire. <laughs> I've read the uh- Ken Austin book, and I'm going to take him for all their money. And then they make a lot of money off those people because they go in and they bet big and they lose it all. And so. that's
0: why those games are addictive, is the thinking your strategy is actually affecting it- luck, exactly. things that are based yep. on luck. Yep. Yep.
1: Wow. All right, and that is... The end of our Vegas part two or our Vegas duets, dual, <laughs> dual episodes. Uh, hope you learned a lot of random stuff. or some good home pro tips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 More than cool. our usual amount of laundry tips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Now with a hundred percent more. more.
1: I hope you enjoyed uh, all the Vegas trivia and facts and stories, and uh, we enjoyed our stay at Vegas. It was very fun. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Squarespace, at squarespace.com, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.